Praise the Lord, this is Brother Julius today. We are going through the Gospel of Luke. We are now in chapter 3 of the Gospel of Luke. And in this chapter 3, Luke will also give us the genealogy at the last part of the chapter. Let's continue from chapter 3, verse 1. Now in the 15th year of the reign of Tiberius Caesar, now remember, the Caesar that was ruling the world in the days when Jesus Christ was born was called what? Caesar Augustus. According to the story in Luke chapter 1, when he said the taxation was being done, and he said Caesar Augustus said they should all be, all the whole world should be taxed. Okay. Now when you look in the, the book of Acts of the Apostles, you see another Augustus. So there could have been two Augustus that came because in those days, the Caesar, when they became Caesar, they changed, they changed their name. So they can take the name of another former Caesar, just like the popes do right now. They still do it in Rome. This man that became Pope, suddenly decides to call me John Paul. He wanted to be like the Pope, three Pope before him. Or another one say, call me Pope this. So they changed their name. So that was the same type of thing that Caesar Augustus was the one that said they should be taxed. But when you get to the actual apostle way after Christ was crucified, it's another Augustus Caesar. So either he's just behind the same name or he just shows the name that he wants to be called Augustus also. So that happened in Rome in those, in that, in those dispensations. Now, in chapter 3 of Luke that we are reading, he said it was Tiberius Caesar that was 15 years reign of Tiberius Caesar. Pontius Pilate being the governor of Judea. Now they have, now have governor in Judea by that time. Instead of just saying Herod was the king, the, the Herod the king was kind of sideline from Jerusalem, he was now ruling in Galilee. The second error, perhaps, is Herod's line is just like this. The first error, the second error, and the third error, even up to, up to the time of Apostle Paul. And that error, Agrippa, they were all lineage of Herod. Now, they say, in, the, in this 15th year of the reign of Tiberius, Pontius Pilate was the governor of Judea, Herod being the tetrarch of Galilee, see, Galilee. And his brother Philip was the tetrarch of it. Itoria and the region of called Triconitis and Lysanias, the tetrarch of Abilene. So they have different rulers in all the different sections of, the, of uh, Palestine. Verse 2 says, Annas and Caiaphas, being the high priests, the word of God came unto John, the son of Caracarias, in the wilderness. Now, two men were named high priests. When you go further and further, they said they, in that generation they were rotating it. Instead of saying maybe, we don't know why, I didn't know the history much about why they have now rotation. This man will be high priest for this year, maybe another year this will be the high priest. They are of the same family of Aaron. Maybe because of competition between family line, Aaron, there, there are so many sons of Aaron. Maybe this one is about the same age as this one. So instead of saying this will be the priest, I can also be high priest. So they say, okay, well, let's rotate it. So Annas and Caiaphas were named as high priests. Or another place said, and one was the father in law of the other person. 
So, but in the only way, they were yeah, going to look here. He said, Anas and Caiaphas were the high priests. The word of God came unto John, the son of Zacharias, in the wilderness. Verse 3. And he came into all the country about Jordan, preaching the baptism of repentance for the remission of sins. So, his main job is the main ministry to preach repentance and baptize people. Or come and be baptized so that your sins can be removed from you. As for say, and as it is written in the book of the words of Isaiah, the prophet say, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Make his path straight. Every, shally, every valley shall be filled, and every mountain and hill shall be brought low. And the crooked shall be made straight, and the rough ways shall be made smooth. And all flesh shall see the salvation of God. And then said he to the multitude that came forth to be baptized of him. So people begin to gather when they see this thing is new to them. The prophets coming from the wilderness and preaching to them to repent, come and be baptized. It was new to them. But they were seeing that the man was dressed like a prophet in this, in a wild looking face. They say, well, that's how prophets you look. And many people see things like that. You see somebody have long beard and long hair, look like somebody from the jungle. And people say, well, that must be a prophet indeed. That was how John the Baptist also was dressing in the generation. They say he has a leather girdle, and he has a, and they say also say he was hairy man, and so on and so forth. And then they said he was also eating wild honey. So they say, well, that's a prophet. That's what a prophet should be like. Not like these Pharisees that are well dignified. And so, so that's why the Pharisees will also will not like him. Because they want to look dignified in beautiful robes, long robes. And here comes somebody from the jungle and look like a wild man from the, from the wilderness and he's prophesying to them, telling them the, 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 the Messiah is about to come. And the people will be flocking to him that this is a prophet indeed. Human beings always flock to people that look weird like that too also. And if he's telling the truth or telling them something that they know that, yes, this is how a prophet should look like. That was how they were flocking to him. They see the Pharisees won't, won't won't willingly follow him because they are too proud. So uh, John the Baptist said, O ye generation of vipers, who has warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Bring forth therefore fruits worthy of repentance. And begin not to say within yourselves, We have Abraham to our father. For I say unto you that God is able of these stones to raise up children unto Abraham. And now also the axe is laid unto the root of the trees. Every tree Therefore, which bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. Now, if that's look like a threat, oh, everybody say, wow, what are we doing? The tree symbolizes human beings, that every tree is going to be cut down if you don't bring forth good fruit. So people go say, wait, what shall we do? And the people were saying, and the people ask him, say, what shall we do then? So he answered and said unto them, he that has two coats, let him impart to him that has no his preaching righteousness. Is pushing, pushing, uh, help your neighbor. Be a good, be a good citizen. And uh, don't be cheating. Be nice to other people. That's really what he's preaching. He's still preaching the law. The law of Moses that said, be kind to other people. That's what he's preaching here. He said, let him that has two coats impart to one that has none. I mean, share. He that has meat, let him do likewise. Then came also publicans. The publicans are people that are tax collectors. The, the Pharisees hated them because they were collecting tax. They are working for Rome. Rome to them is like the enemy. And these people are hired by Rome to be collecting tax from their own people and bringing it to Rome to the governor. 
So they didn't like the publicans. They called them past presidents. They said they were sinners for doing that. And those people just said they don't care. They just charge them more, overcharge them to pocket the money. So that's why they call them double sinners. Also. So the publicans also are Jews so, or Israelites. We had this prophet saying this thing. Yeah, everybody should repent, come to be washed. Your sins be washed away. Say, what shall we do? So they came also and said, What shall we do, Master? And he said unto them, verse 13, Exact no more than that which is appointed you. You know what they do. They always overcharge the people so that they can, they, your tax is $15. No, it's not $15, it's $20. Compare them to bring $20. And then they put the $5 in their pocket and give $15 to the, to the governor. So he said, that's why he said, exile no more than that which is appointed you. Don't be cheating your people. And the soldiers also, there are soldiers that are Jews also. I mean, they are, everybody wants a job also. If the, so the, the soldiers that are not Jews, that are not Jews, that are Roman, they are also believing this God of Israel. They also want to know what we do to, to, to repent. So the soldiers also came and said, and demanded of him, what shall we do? And he said unto them, do violence to no man, not that I accuse any falsely, and be content with your wages. Because you know that most of the soldiers, if they begin to rebel and riot and because of their discontentment, they have guns, they have swords and not guns, swords, and they become a terror to the, to the governor. And they become they are the one, they are violent ones. So that's why he's added to them that be content with your wages. Don't do violence to any man. I mean, the soldier, because of their sword, they are sword, these people have no sword. They can violently attack any person or hurt them. And they compel people to do what they wanted to do, even they are not allowed. They are not told to go do that. According to the story, they will see somebody, let's say, the soldier is meant to carry this load from this city to that city. But they just arrest any you know, same person that's on the street, a man. You carry it at sword point. And the man has to carry it because they are putting a sword to his throat. We carry it, carry it one mile, so they, they are free. And then, then they get, okay, pull it down, they look for another man that is uh, passing by, compel him to carry it. And that is violence. Where the man refused to carry him with the sword, the, the man quickly carry what they told him to carry. So that's why Apostle Paul and John the Baptist knew all these practices that the violent, wicked, that these soldiers, some of them do. So he's telling them, what you will say, you don't do that, don't do violence to any man, don't accuse people falsely. The man has not done anything wrong, you accuse him that he didn't do this. You don't accuse him first thing. And be content with your wages. You don't start a revolt and rioting. Verse 15. And as the people were in expectation, and all men mused in their hearts of John, whether he were the Christ. I mean, he's trying to change their mind lifestyle, telling them to repent. Say, what did we do wrong? Tell them what they did wrong. What they are doing, practices that they, So he's pointing to their practices that he know is wrong, telling them to repent from this. So now we can say, well, this must be the Messiah. Turning people back to righteousness. This was what we say. So the people were in expectation thinking this must be the Messiah. And John answered, saying unto them, I indeed baptize you with water, but one mightier than I cometh. The lashes of whose shoes I am not worthy to unloose. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. He's telling that oh, I'm just a preparing, preparing the way for this. The real Messiah is coming after me. And he said, verse 17, whose fan is in his hand? And he will thoroughly purge his floor, and he will gather the wheat into his garner. But the shaft, he will burn with fire unquenchable. He was talking about what the Messiah will do in the end. So you could have seen those in the vision, or understood that the Messiah is to purge mankind, and there will be a kingdom of peace, a kingdom of righteousness, and the sinners will be thrown into the lake of fire in the end if they don't repent. 
That's what he was prophesying to them here, telling them that he's going to burn you sharp with unquenchable fire. That's lake of fire. So he's talking about the Messiah is coming to do something great. You better repent right now. That's what he said. You better repent right now. Verse 18. And many other things in his exhortation preached here unto the people. Verse 19 says, But Herod the Tetrarch, being reproved by him, for Herodias, his brother Philip's wife, and for all the evils which Herod had done, had yet this above all that he shut up John in prison. Now they must have tra trapped, not trapped John the Baptist. Because people, when they see a prophet doing like that, they want to trap them. If you speak politically against their governor or their rulers, then they can go tell the governor, this man said this thing about you. The governor said, what? And the governor go and arrest him. Because they, they don't believe on those prophets. So that most have been, they must have tricked, trapped uh, John the Baptist. They come to him and say, what do you think about Herod? Just married his, uh, his brother's wife. So, uh, Philip was the brother of Herod. We saw that, that he said Philip was the tetrarch of this. Herod was the tetrarch of that. So Philip was also one of those politicians that the Romans put to be in charge of this section. Herod was in charge of Galilee. And so let's see, they are big brothers of the same family, so they are all politically minded and they have influence with the Rome. So now this man divorced his wife. He already have a baby, they divorced, and Herod grabbed the wife and married her. And that some Jews know that the law of Moses said that to be wrong. So they came to make John the Baptist comment on this. What do you think about that? Why the people that love Herod are listening? And he spoke against it, that it's wrong for him to marry his brother's wife. And so on, so forth. aha, they went and told Herod. And Herod said, go arrest him. That was how he was arrested and put in prison. Verse 21. Now, when all the people were baptized, it came to pass that Jesus also being baptized as by John and praying the heaven was open. And the Holy Ghost descended in a bodily shape like a dove upon him. And a voice came from heaven which said, Thou art my beloved son, in thee I am well pleased. Now, when I was reading this in the book of Matthew, and Mark, I pointed out that Matthew said the voice, the, the, the heaven was open was only seen by John the Baptist, according to that. And the voice was speaking to John the Baptist that this is my beloved son, in him and in whom I am well pleased. Well, that makes more sense in that the Lord Jesus Christ already knows whom he is. So the heaven will not be open for, for him to be saying, thou, this, thou art my beloved son is talking to Jesus. Whereas that will not be necessary because he already knows whom he is. But it is John the Baptist that needs to know that this is the Messiah because he said he was to tell the people that are coming, that are watching, that this is the one I'm talking about. So it was John the Baptist that saw the heaven open and saw the dove landing upon him. And he said, the, the one that sent me to go and baptize said, whoever you shall see the Spirit landing and rest upon him, that's the one that baptized the Holy Ghost. So that was what John the Baptist was to announce, according to the Gospel of John and according to Mark and Matthew. So then the voice was saying to John the Baptist, that this, is the third person, is my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased. So John the Baptist was the one that saw the heaven open. And John the Baptist was the one that heard the voice that said this, pointing to Jesus, my beloved son. Whereas Luke was reporting and saying, the heaven was open unto Jesus, and the voice was telling Jesus that, my beloved son, indeed I'm well pleased. Jesus can already know who he is. We definitely know that. So it was 
how Matthew reported it, that is, and how John, Gospel of John was reporting it, that makes some more sense. And that John, Apostle John said, when, when, when they came, let me read that of Apostle John. In Gospel of John chapter 1, is where we discuss that of Apostle John. Because Apostle John said, John the Baptist was witnessing to Jesus in chapter 1, verse 29, that when Jesus Christ, the next day John said Jesus coming unto him and said, Behold, the lamp of God which taken away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said, after me cometh a man which is preferred before me, for he was before me. And I knew him not. See, John the Baptist was testifying that he didn't know Jesus before that time, but that he should be made manifest to Israel. Therefore, our mind come baptizing with water. That is, the purpose for him coming to baptize with water was to reveal Jesus, who is the Messiah, to the Jews that were washing. And verse 32 says, And John bear record saying, I saw the Spirit. John was the one that saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and it abode upon Jesus. And he went further in verse 32, saying, And I knew him not, but he that sent me to baptize with water, the same said unto me, Upon whom thou shalt see the Spirit descending and remaining on him, the same is he which baptized with the Holy Ghost. And I saw and bear record that this is the Son of God. So Apostle John reported that it was John the Baptist that saw the heaven open to, to confirm to him that this man is just baptized because he has been baptizing many people. And that day Jesus Christ came, he baptized Jesus Christ and I saw the heaven open. said, this is that man I'm talking about. I saw the heaven open and he said, this is the one that you, that should be a sign for you to know whom the Messiah is. That you can tell the world that this is the Messiah. Everybody listen to him. And that was the purpose of the baptism of John. Now, that was back to Luke chapter 3 that we are reading. Verse 21 and 22 is what we just read when he said, That my beloved son, indeed I am well pleased. Yes. Verse 23 was where Apostle, where Luke was going to now describe the genealogy of Jesus. Verse 26, and Jesus himself began to be about 30 years of age, being as was supposed the son of Joseph. Okay, they suppose he was the son of Joseph, the husband of Mary. Now, he was going to give us the lineage of Joseph, this husband of Mary. This is what he was talking about here. He said, he was supposed to be the son of Joseph, which was the son of Eli, which was the son of Matat, which was the son of Levi, which was the son of Melchi, which are the son of Jana, which are the son of Joseph. See, their names are different names of people, so don't think of them as the old Joseph or the Levi of the, of the first generation. No, just everybody take names all through the generations that, that similar, like everybody calls them Abraham. It does not mean that you are the Abraham that was, that was having no child until 100 years. It's just different names of all these, their fathers. Say, which was the son of Matthias, which was the son of Amos, which was the son of Nahum, which was the son of Esline, which was the son of Nagi, which was the son of Mahas, which was the son of Matthias, which was the son of Semai, Semai, which was the son of Joseph, which was the son of Judah, which was the son of Joanna, which was the son of Resa, which was the son of Sorobabel. Now, when you begin to get to the names of people we can recognize in the scriptures, he pointed out Surubabel was one of the people that came back from Babylon and was leader of the of the Jews that came back from Babylon. 
was the son of Zerubbabel. Zerubbabel was a Jew also. Uh, the leader, but he didn't call himself a king because nobody wanted to make themselves king. Even though they were the land of David, they just be leaders. Okay. So Zerubbabel was like a leader when they came back from Babylon, but he never, they never make themselves king. And says, Zerubbabel, which was the son of Salatia, which was the son of Nerai, which was the son of Merkai, which was the son of Adi, which was the son of Kohosam, which was the son of Elmodam, which was the son of Er, which was the son of Jussi, which was the son of Eliasa, you are the son of Jorim, you are the son of Matar, you are the son of Levi, you are the son of Simeon, you are the son of Judah, you are the son of Joseph, another Joseph, you are the son of Jonan, you are the son of Eliakim, you are the son of Melea, you are the son of Menan, you are the son of Matatan, you are the son of Nathan, you are the son of David. Now he, used, he came to David the king in that verse 31, but he came through the son of David called Nathan, not Solomon, you see. I pointed this one out when I was reading Matthew chapter 1. That Luke was pointing that Joseph, the husband of Mary, came through not the, not the line of Solomon, but he came through Nathan to come to become the son of King David. Because Solomon was just one of the sons of David that became king. And then this, this, the kings of Judah, from the time of Solomon, were listed through the time they go went to Babylon. And that is what you see in the book of Matthew. He went through Solomon and the sons of Solomon all through to the way they went to Babylon. And still came to Joseph, the husband of Mary. He came to Joseph, the husband of Mary, which means somehow in the lineage, something has been miscalculated. Mis, 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 mis For them to still come to Joseph through Solomon, and this man also come to Joseph through Nathan, means that somehow in the line, somebody has been misplaced is what we can you can study. Some people say try to theorize it and say maybe there was this and that, but we do not have any record of that. You like could say that if your father if if you if you if you have a, a wife and the and the man died before you could have a baby, his brother could have that wife and raise the seed for that man. That that could have been what occurred. So that either do you line him through the man that died or do you line him through the man that raised the seed for him? So that could be how Joseph can come through here or come through there. Nevertheless, that was what we see in the book of genealogy that Luke, Luke listed the line of Joseph, the husband married through Nathan, the son of King David. Whereas Matthew listed the line of Joseph, the husband married through Solomon, King Solomon, the, the, the son of King David. Now, verse 32. From that verse, that you know the rest, we know the lineage that was, that everybody knows from David. David was the son of Jesse, which was the son of Obed, which was the son of Booth, which was the son of Salmon, which was the son of Nason, which was the son of Aminadab, which was the son of Aram, which was the son of Esrom, which was the son of Phares, which was the son of Judah. Now, he, in Luke, Luke was not putting in the names of the women that Matthew put in, because you, when you bring in the name of the women, by the time you get to obey the son of Joe, the son of Booth, you they mention, Matthew mentioned the mother was Ruth. That is Ruth that followed Mo, uh, Naomi from uh, Moabites, and there is a purpose for putting that there because it makes us to see that those stories of Ruth and so on and so forth that is, uh, women that were placed their story were put in the scripture for a purpose. We can see the purpose when we go back to the Matthew. How I presented in the book of Matthew chapter 1, you see the reason for it. 
And then the same way when he talked to the Booth was the son of Salmon, which was the son of Nason, which was the son of Aminadab and the son of Sam Al Salam. There was uh, Salmon, there was the story of uh, Rahab the Alot, who gave birth to this man also. So that is where two or three names were mentioned that are women that gave birth to these to these uh, sons. And because of their story was also in the scriptures, that's why they were put in the book of Matthew. Now verse 33 is where we are. Say which was the son of Amenadab, which was the son of Aram, which was the son of Esrom, which was the son of Phares. And Phares also was mentioned in the book of Matthew to be born by Tama, is the mother. Tama, and the story of Tama was also in the Genesis chapter 38, where Judah has his son, Phares, and exactly his twins, through this woman, Tama, who was formerly daughter-in-law. And you can get to due to Genesis chapter 38 and see the whole story there. But starting for say, which was the son of Jacob, that's Pharaoh's son of Judah, which was the son of Jacob, which was the son of Isaac, and the son of Abraham, which was the son of Tarah. Now going through Abraham, Tarah, son of Nacor, which was the son of Saruk, which was the son of Ragu, which was the son of Phalek, which was the son of Eban, which was the son of Salah, which was the son of Cainan, which was the son of Aphasad, which was the son of Sem, which was the son of Noah. Now we are now back to the story to Noah. Which are the son of Lamech, which are the son of Methuselah. Now we know the Methuselah, which are the son of Enoch. Enoch that went away without seeing that. We all came through Enoch. Every person or not came through Enoch. They were only the Jews. No, not only the Jews, don't you see that? Enoch gave birth to Methuselah and all of them through to Lamech and then Noah. So all of us came through Noah, no sir. The whole world came through Noah. So that means the whole world came through Enoch. That was never to, that never died. So that's why you can believe for immortality. That's how I pray you. you can believe for immortality. Why? Because our great great grand grand grandparents, Noah, um, Enoch, didn't die. And he went further, he said, Enoch, you know, which was the son of Jare, which was the son of Malelil, which was the son of Canaan, which was the son of Enos, which was the son of Seth, which was the son of Adam, which was the son of God. So that was the end of chapter 3 of Luke and we shall continue this discussion in the next broadcast when we go to chapter 4 where we begin to see the Lord Jesus Christ's ministration starting. God bless you.